0: Hello, and welcome to the superhero by design podcast, the show where we interview real life superheroes. My name is Ace, and I'll be your host. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. I thought he was going to interview me, but now I'm in, well, I guess he's in the hot seat. But as the interviewer, I'm kind of in the hot seat as well, because I came to this podcast completely unprepared, but we're just going to see where it goes today. The man in front of me, is an amazing coach, an amazing person. I had the opportunity to work with him a few weeks ago at Undisputed Mastery, Becoming Champions. And this man gave it his all and left it all on the mat. So please welcome to the show, the
1: one, the only, Chris Thor Goodman. <laughs> Thanks brother, I appreciate it. And and you can't say you're totally unprepared. You, you're never unprepared. You're dangerous wherever you are. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the one thing about getting
0: reps in. Even if uh, you go on to a show like this, expecting to be interviewed and it gets thrown at you last second, you're still able to uh, make things happen and
1: move, move forward. That's right. And I I trust that anybody listening to this is going to leave with a handful of notes that can change their life at any given time. So we're going to make it stick today.
0: That's right. Well, that's the whole point of this show. Chris is a performance and business coach. And he is phenomenal at what he does. He is also a fellow podcaster. And he has dedicated his life to pouring himself into other people, improving himself and helping other people. And that's my mission. I think we have very similar missions in that we want to be better, so that we can do better. And I am just completely honored to have you on the show. And so without further ado, let's just get started. So question number one, If you've listened to my podcast, you know, I'm going to start out hot and grill you
1: hard. So are you ready for it? (laughs) Always. Awesome, man. How are you doing today? Man, I am great today. I, you know, I have one of these things in my mind when I wake up, why would I choose to be anything less than great today? Um, And at the same time, there are curveballs, you know, I'm human too. And we have a a teething, almost one-year-old daughter who decided that about four five this morning was the exact time that she should wake up and she was going to stay up and she was going to scream a little extra because those teeth are coming in fast. So, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because you have in your mind this, this idea that you can control through your day or you can control your work or that's true to some extent. However, what I'm learning is the, the more you deal with people, especially in parenting, (laughs) the less control you actually have. And you just have to learn to be effective in the moment. So it was a good reminder this morning that, you know, we're, all we can control is this particular moment.
0: That's correct. And that surprise alarm clock, man, that, that, that
1: girl of yours is throwing curveballs left and right. I'm sure. I, I got a notification on my phone yesterday. Our, our bed tracks our sleep. And it was like, Hey, Chris, the last 30 days, your numbers have been particularly low. You need to readjust your settings. I'm like, it's not the damn settings, bed. It's, <laughs> it's my <laughs> life right now. <laughs> but well, I, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm complaining about it. It's just exactly what I signed up for. It's just also it's because it's our first child, it's our our first experience going through this. So there's a lot of newness, especially while we're in the middle of our challenge here.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And the challenge he's speaking of is the hundred-day challenge. And we will get into that. I'm sure pretty heavy during this show. But yeah, I I appreciate you sharing that. And the crazy thing about phones these days, I can't relate to having a child. But it's funny how your phone's telling you like, hey, you might want to change your settings because something's going on in your life. Well, my pastor this last Sunday, he was like, hey, check, check out, see how much uh, time you've been spending on your phone, because it tracks all the apps you use and everything. And his whole point of the exercise was, you know, how long are you on your Bible app compared to other apps, but I just found it so interesting because I usually just gloss over it, I don't pay attention to it, and so I was like, okay, well let me see how I spent my time. And for me, within the past week, I think I spent 10 hours on text messaging. Wow. And then the next busiest app was like an hour and a half. So, my text messaging was almost 10x times anything else I do. And I love how your phone is able to track all those things because a lot of times we're not even aware of how we're spending our day, what's going on in our day. I don't know if you've ever done this, but currently what I'm doing is I'm keeping a log of what's going on every day Mm -hmm. in my life so that I can see, okay, how am I spending my time? Am I maximizing my time? But I'm doing it by hand and by memory, but it's so cool that at least our phone is able to track things like that. And I think simple things like that, simple tools like that, understanding where we're spending our time and how we're spending it. First, becoming aware of what it is, not being judgmental about it because it is what it is, but first becoming aware, that's the first step in being able to modify and change and tweak things according to what you want to accomplish and what your goals are, what your mission is.
1: 100%. There's... One of my favorite quotes that I've ever come across is from Gary Keller, the co-founder of Keller Williams. And he says, you don't have a time management problem. You have a decision management problem. And when I deal with this constantly, because everybody I coach is quote busy, right? They have a lot going on. They have multiple businesses. They're highly effective people and they're just driven. So they say yes to a lot of opportunities, which crowds the calendar rather quickly. So this is, this is a playground that I'm on all the time. In other words, working to make people more efficient, which is to say more effective with the decisions they're making around their time. And there's, there's nothing like getting clarity on what matters most to you, because I firmly believe that there's always time for what's most important. So if something is falling off, if if things are not getting done, it's, it's likely it's just not as important as the other things, or it's time to reevaluate how you're making those decisions.
0: Couldn't agree with you more, man. Mm -hmm. I do Sunday planning every week. I call it uh, our coach. We have the same coach, Dr. Keith Wagner. He calls them OMAs. Mm -hmm. It's for uh, outcome, mission, and action plan. Mm -hmm. And so every Sunday I sit down and I go over, yeah, what what do I want to accomplish this week? And what are my goals? So, you know, like Tony Robbins says, what do you want? And then why do you want it? Is it in line with your mission? The, the fuel behind it is, is the why question and then taking the actions. But like you said, the decisions we make today predict our future. I, I have a crystal ball metaphor that I use and everybody has a crystal ball, whether they realize it or not. The way you tell your future is by making decisions today. And every decision you make today is going to already predict your future. It's already set in stone. You don't have to guess and hope that it's going to be something. We have control of it right now, today. Mm-hmm. And certain things like planning, knowing your schedule, modifying your schedule. If uh, a surprise alarm clock goes off at four in the morning, <laughs> Yeah, you know, you, you get life will happen, right? As you know, life happens to everybody. And so, you know, making that plan, trying to stick to it as, as much as you can having the drive behind keeping that plan and keeping discipline about it. And then all that's left is just taking action. You know, these these last few weeks doing the 100-day challenge, I used to wake up at 5.30 when I did my first 100-day challenge. And this time I was like, okay, I'm going to do 5 o'clock. Well, for the last 16 days, and I'm counting, last 16 days I've woken up in the hours between 3 and 4 a.m., Mm-hmm. and i go till about 9 10 11 o'clock at night oh you woke up and stayed up I woke up and stayed up yeah i i did not have the surprise alarm clock i do have a dog that freaks out when the train goes by around the 4 o'clock hour but uh he did not wake me he has not been waking me up because i'm getting up before the train <laughs> comes by um and you know i was i was talking to dr wagner about this yesterday and one thing that's really important is Whatever decision we make, the question he asked me, he's like, okay, so getting up at four, is that making things better? Is that making things better in your life? Is that making things better for your health? I was like, yeah, I'm able to get a lot more things done. I'm staying energized. I'm staying focused. And it is working for me. He's like, well, how about 330? Is that making you better? I'm thinking about the days I woke up at 3, 3 15, 3 30. I'm like, no, actually, I'm pretty exhausted those days and I'm still pushing hard, but I'm not as effective as I can be. So something as simple as choosing to wake up between four or three thirty or three even, for me, I was like, okay, I'm not going to wake up at three or three thirty this morning. I woke up at three fifteen and I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn over go back to sleep. And when my alarm goes off at four, that's when I'll get up. And I did that. And I feel fantastic today. Mm. And so,
1: yeah, it's a fine line between giving yourself grace and pushing yourself right to, to find that sweet spot of where am I, where's my maximum effectiveness today and, and for the trends of your life at that point. Um, and it takes some experimentation. I think a lot of people get locked into a routine. That's part of what I had to change up. I got locked into working out like three days a week and feeling like that was okay. But you know, was I really challenging myself? Was I really at maximum efficiency or effectiveness? Absolutely not. And we have to be willing, it's almost like we're we're changing the chess pieces and we're changing the chessboard in real time, all the time to figure out what really works for me right now in this season of life and business. And it, it seems like you're really hitting that stride of figuring out what works for you.
0: Yeah, and it, like you said, it's trial and error. I did not think I would be running on all the cylinders I'm running right now. I did not plan on that, but I am so excited about everything I'm doing. It just, I love getting up even at three 15 this morning. I was like, my first reaction or thought was get up, attack the day. This is going to be amazing. And then the other part of me was like, you know what? Like, yes, that would be great, but do you remember your conversation? Is this going to make things better for you? Mm-hmm. And in the short term or the long term, probably not. So I will wait till four o'clock and then I'll get up.
1: And, <laughs> and start. everybody listening right now is like, that's your dilemma. Do I wait till four to get up? That's what your first th- you know question of the day. <laughs> well, you, you know,
0: I, I think it was Jocko Willick that said, if, if you, in his book, uh, Extreme Ownership, he talks about, your first win of the day is just getting up when your alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. That's the first battle is yeah. just getting up. And for me, when I would struggle in the past, I didn't have a strong enough mission, a strong enough. Why mm. I struggled to get out of bed and we're not talking 4. AM. We're talking seven, seven 8. AM. And I know some people are thinking, "Well, oh, that's still early. Well, for me, that, that was not early. That was me sleeping in mm-hmm. and, it's just like little things like that. Once you find your mission, once you find what drives you, what you're passionate about, you know, my, my definition of passion is something you love so much. You're willing to sacrifice and suffer for it. So I'm so passionate right now about my life and everything going on. Even having this conversation with you, mm. I just jump out of bed and I can't wait to get my day started. And it just gives you so much energy. I'm not even taking cold showers right now. for My trainer has me not taking them for particular reasons. But so the adrenaline boost I used to get from cold showers, I don't have that anymore. So I'm finding other things to give me the boost. I, I do a rebounder, the little trampoline. But honestly, my mission is so strong right now that that's all the fuel I really need.
1: Hmm. What do so, you think kept you from being clear on that mission before?
0: I had been clear on the mission before. I've had this mission. I I write about it in the book. Essentially, my mission is to better myself. I'll give you the very basic version. It's just better myself so I can be better for other people and do better in the world. And I've had that mission, but the real fire that's kind of lit in me right now Mm-hmm. is exactly what the 100-day challenge brings you. And for those of you who are listening, you've heard me talk about this at nauseum at times, but the 100-day challenge pushes you to do so many things during the day, whether it's health and fitness, emotions and meaning, spirituality, finances, career, legacy. And the heavier, the more I pack into my day that I'm excited to do, because all these things I'm excited to do and get better at The more repetition I get, the more reps I get in every day, I start building up momentum. And it's really that momentum backed by my why my mission, that just gives me so much more energy. And the first 100 day challenge, I got a whole bunch of reps in. And so I knew what was going to happen. And so this time, you know, the first week or so was was pretty difficult, because you're staying insanely disciplined. And I was falling a little bit out of that in between the two challenges because the last challenge was a year ago, lasted 100 days. And then we had about 250 days until this one. Um, so that is really what's fueled me. And I'm just going on all cylinders. And I know, I understand this is just a season. Everything, nothing is permanent, nothing lasts forever. So this, I'm embracing the energy and the momentum I have right now and understanding that just seize it while it's here because it might not always be here. And, and like yourself, I don't have a child. I don't have a spouse. And so I'm able to live uh, that, what, what Goggins calls that Spartan life. I'm able mm-hmm. to act like a Spartan where I wake up early, train all day. Yeah, just stay no, up late.
1: No, no encumbrances and nothing, nothing to slow you down at this point, right? And what a, what a gift too, though, that you're in that, that place that you can do that.
0: Yeah, no, I am very grateful because I completely understand where I'm at Mm -hmm. right now and have this great opportunity. So I'm going to turn it back on you because I am doing way too much talking right now. (laughs) So let's, let's get in a little bit into your background. You are a business coach. You're a performance coach, a life coach. You also are a phenomenal podcaster. Thank you. Did you... All, did you always know this was the route you wanted to take your life, helping people and giving and giving and giving, or how'd this come about?
1: Well, the, the short answer is yes and no. Yes, I knew I always wanted to help people. It has changed. Like that was the substance. The form of it has changed at least three times. So in, in college, I was hell bent on going to law school. So I did all the right things in college and you know, got the political science degree and minored in in the things that would make you a better lawyer and got a job at uh, one of the biggest law firms here in in our region. I think they have about 2000 lawyers. Um, You know, it's, it's a substantial place on your resume to, to start um, in your professional career. And I got so much great exposure. And as I got into law school, I was so excited. The whole thing was I wanted to advocate for people. And in the beginning I thought, I'm gonna be one of two things I'm gonna be an environmental attorney because it's just something that's really close to my heart, and then if that doesn't you know inspire me, I'm going to be a trial attorney, <laughs> you know a litigator yeah. and it's it's such a polar opposite um but those were the two things that that was like that's that's the route I'm going for sure, and all in all, I spent i guess you'd say about. Eight years living that life, you know, getting into to that world, law, politics, everything in between, and in my at the the halfway point of my first year of law school, everything changed. I, I had been for one of my favorite questions in coaching is what are you pretending not to know, and I had been pretending not to know that I was miserable in law school. It wasn't like the work that I was doing in the quote real world. It was so rule bound. It was so restricted. There was, you know, reading 150 pages, you know, every, every couple hours, it seemed like, and the writing constantly, I was like, this is, this is not, not what I'm going to be doing. Right. There's a part of this that's, yes, it's really hard. It's the first year of law school. They try to scare you out, blah, blah, blah. And then there was this larger part of me that was like, but you're really resisting even, even the simple things about this. And it was really a challenge to my identity, right? Because I had been building this, this lifestyle for almost a decade and put all my eggs in this basket. And I had, I don't know, 20, $30,000 in, in debt to get to that point, even, you know, halfway through the first year. And then one day I was studying contract law. If you can imagine those huge books, they're like five inch thick, you know, tiny print contract law books. It was the fall or at least there were still leaves on the ground because I didn't have time to pick them up. (laughs) And out in my backyard, there were two squirrels running around. They were making all this noise in the leaves. And I got so frustrated because I was just trying to study my contract law. And I threw open the door and yelled at the squirrels. I'm like, shut up, just shut up. (laughs) <laughs> and I catch myself in the moment and I, I look around and I'm like, oh my God, if anybody sees me right now, I look like a psychopath, right? Just yelling at squirrels, holding a contract law book. <laughs> and, and it just washed over me like, dude, you are so far out, you know, the the frozen lake thing. Like I was so far out into a place where I was pretending not to know how miserable I was, pretending it was all going to work out. And I start doing the reverse math of, well, if I'm this unhappy now, And I go through three more years of this or two and a half more years of this and call it a hundred grand and dead at 8% interest. Um, Am I, am I excited about that? And, and I, I went through this for a couple of weeks, really challenging myself and asking people I trusted, like, Hey, how do you find your way out? If you, if you've been building this for almost a decade and everybody said some variation of, you just have to listen to your heart. And so I did. And everything in my body and soul was like, you know what? No, this is not what you want. So I made the tough decision. I say that it wasn't tough once I made the decision. You know, right. it was like the building up to it, and then boom! Once I made it, I was done. And so I go back, and I'm still working at the law firm, and didn't tell anybody because I'm like, I, you know, I'm too embarrassed to like bring this up now. Um, what am I going to do? Right, you know, I spent all this time figuring this out. What am I going to do? And it was liberating at the same time because it was like I had this blank check, this blank canvas, and I could do anything I wanted. So I started, this is really where I started to design my life instead of just react to life. And it was like, okay, I I don't like that I'm hourly here at the firm. I don't like that, you know, if I want to make extra money, I have to do overtime. So I want to control my income. I want to do something either transactional or something that I can have total authority and autonomy in my income. And I really want to advocate for people. So it's got to have a high degree of people. And I keep doing all this, like what must be there? And I know you coach with keys. So you think about your musts versus what would be nice. And and my musts were pretty simple, right? It's all in that vein of deal deal with people, help them in a genuine way and be able to control your time and money. Um, And so a friend of mine wanted to get into real estate. And he said, you know, anybody that, you know, is a good agent. I was like, actually, the guy that sold me my first house is the best agent in town. Let's go to lunch with him. And so we're sitting down and the agent, now my mentor, <laughs> is talking to my friend and he's like telling him how real estate works and all of this. Well, my friend had two little girls at the time and he said, man, I appreciate you coming out for lunch, but I, there's no way I can do a commission type job with these two little girls. I, I need something more secure. I need benefits, you know, so I, I'm out and I, I'm sitting on the other side of the table. I'm like, hang on, hang on, tell me more, Todd, tell me more about this real estate gig. Like, you know, <laughs> And and the funny part is Todd hated me at the time. The agent hated me at the time. Because I, when he sold me the house, I was this like ambitious, driven, fast paced, hell, just hellacious, like law school kid that knew it all. And, you know, hardcore negotiator. Like I was a punk basically. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, no, dude, I don't want to tell you about this. I don't want you in my life. <laughs> and, um, you know, to, to button the story up a couple of weeks later, I set a lunch meeting with Todd and I said, look, I want to talk to you about maybe joining forces. I'm I'm going to get out of the legal field. And I really think that because you're the best at what you do, I could learn a lot from you and I can bring a lot of power to your organization. He was building a team at the time. So I show up for lunch and I'm in a suit, you know, it's, we're in Louisville, Kentucky. It's ridiculously hot, like 95, humid. If you've ever been to Atlanta or DC in the middle of like August, you have that kind of humidity. That's how it feels yeah. in Louisville too. And Todd shows up in a t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops and orders a bourbon at lunch. And I just had this feeling wash over me like, yep, this is my guy, right? (laughs) Most successful agent in town and can do this at lunch and nobody gets upset with him and the world is fine. Like that's the freedom that I was going for. So we joined forces and took off in real estate. Um, I think he sold around 9 million um, the year before we, we joined forces. And then that I'd say over the next three, three to four years, by the time we got finished working together, his team was doing about 40 million in sales and about 250 oh, wow. units, residential units across only three counties, um, which here, our counties are very small. It's exactly.
0: yep. people, so,
1: um, so yeah, just took off, you know, did the whole rookie of the year thing, trained three more rookies of the year. And then I got the bug for coaching and, um, I realize now how long I've been talking, but this part's actually pretty straightforward. I loved coaching agents, I loved training agents. I was, you know, traveling around doing some uh like uh you call it small group or instruction-based coaching and training, but where, what I really loved was getting into somebody's head, you know, and saying like, "What's holding you back?" and "Let's get that fixed so that you can go figure out whatever it is you want to do with your life and your business." I didn't know that was called life coaching. And then I met this woman named Lindsay Mango who was a life coach and I literally said, what the fuck is a life coach? Like, what does that even mean? How's that? Right. It
0: sounds so nebulous. So foo-foo.
1: So, and and at the time you got to realize like this wasn't a popular thing at the time. And um, so long story short, I married her, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, we started dating in April and uh, she took off two weeks later and was working at a rooftop bar at the Omni hotel in New Orleans beautiful hotel and she's working from the pool with a drink in her hand. And I'm back here in Louisville, like, you know, chained to my desk basically with these agents who are all complaining about the same thing over and over. And I'm like, I'm doing this wrong, right? Like she's got, she's got the freedom. She's helping people. She's making a real difference. She's got control of her schedule too. I need to figure this out. So as we started dating, it was very clear. That's what I wanted to do. We met in April. By July, I quit real estate, started my coaching company and haven't looked back. That was in 2017. So, um, you know, sorry for the long story, but what it really shows me is for whatever reason I am built to evolve. Right. And I, I don't like to stay stuck at any particular point. And if something isn't serving me in my mission to really be an advocate for people to really help them change their life and their business. I'm going to change the, the form of it to something that does. And that's how podcasting came up as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a blast, man. I mean, there's so many things I could do given my background and law and real estate and, and business. This is the most rewarding work though, that I've ever touched. And I don't think that's going to change. I
0: would agree completely. I'm newer to this. I'm not, An official coach like you are. However, from talking with people on the podcast, from even just writing the book and getting people's feedback on how that book has changed their lives or affected them in such a positive way, the feedback I get from my social media posts and the little bit of coaching I am doing is I I do immersion events. I'm doing them mostly with a company called Mission Mindset. Joshua Gillow is the owner of that. And being able to go to these events where we met at Undisputed Mastery. I was I was a corner man. I wasn't one of the head coaches, but I was like the assistant coach. And being able to work with yourself and the other guys in the group, we we pulled in 16, 18-hour days, I think three days in a row, three and a half days, something like that. It did not feel like work. I was dog tired, very little sleep, super dehydrated. And I loved every minute of it because... Not only did you guys get to make such amazing breakthroughs, but at the same time, I get so much out of it too. I probably even get more out of it, which is hard to believe because I was on the participant side of Undisputed Mastery and I had insane breakthroughs. So I know exactly what you mean. We were talking before the show about my construction business and it is fulfilling. I do like building. I like creating and, The homeowners love the product. It's they're really good houses that I build. I'm not going to buy build anything crappy. But the fulfillment that you get from helping other people and seeing how their eyes light up and how their physiology changes, their tone of their voice, the way they present themselves, the nonverbal and verbal communication that starts coming out of them, you can't. You can't. No amount of money is going to make you that happy when you start experiencing things like that. So I, I completely agree with you on the mm-hmm. coaching and just helping people. And the funny thing is you talked about wanting to be an environmental lawyer. Well, why did you want to do that? Because you wanted to help the environment, not just the environment, but the people that experience the environment, humans, animals. And it's, it doesn't matter which path you take. Because a lot of people can get satisfaction. I think it's really that connection, that love, that connection. Tony Robbins says, you know, one of the six human needs is connection, love and connection. And I honestly feel like people most of the time are just seeking connection in one way or another.
1: I agree. And I, I've i always been that that kind of guy that gets a ton of fulfillment out of just being helpful to someone. And, you know, I caught that bug of, being significance driven, which isn't always a bad thing. So as I, as I characterize this, don't, if you're driven by significance, don't take this as like a slam on you because it, it can be really helpful. The way I was doing it was not helpful. And I kept thinking, you know, I'm going to be this great lawyer and I'm going to make a ton of money and I'm going to be able to help more people because I'm making a ton more money. Then I got the, the motive switched, uh, you know, it flipped to, well, I have to make money and, and then, then I'll help people. And I was, you know, I was around some really great attorneys. I was around some, some really not great attorneys. (laughs) And, uh, you know, in that world, especially in litigation, like my, my specialty was basically corporate litigation and that can drag on for 10 years without resolution. And and the resolution might be an out of court settlement that nobody really sees except for the attorneys. And that, that to me at the time, especially didn't feel like really helping people. And it was like, there's got to be a more like heart to heart kind of way where I can do both, make great money and really help people. Right. And and that's why real estate was so appealing because it was like, well, you know, at the time I was thinking, well, one agent can only do so much. And then we started building, building this real estate team. And it was like, oh, wow, we can sell 250 houses in, in one year without anybody having to sacrifice their life, their family, their free time and vacations. Like there's a way to do that. And it, it was like a drug in the beginning because it was like you said, when you see a first time home buyer, you know, at, at closing, get the keys to their, their dream home or, you know, one of my first sale ever was to a woman who left an abusive relationship and all she could afford was a $45,000 foreclosure where the, the floor was basically a sponge that was built on literally rocks that were stacked under the house, you know, and we had to God we had to help her so much. I probably I probably lost 80 dollars an hour on that deal. Yep. <laughs> you know, but Didn't when know, she got yeah. the keys, at closing, it was like this woman, like this changes her life, her family tree, the trajectory of everything that happens after this moment, and that was so cool. And, and it was great for a few years, and don't get me wrong, but at a certain point you, you can get fatigued with things, right? Like you, you solve the same problem over and over and over, you start to get a little burned out. And, I I think that's what happened and and why I gravitated toward coaching because it's so dynamic, right? It's not the same problem. You might deal with the same, like, you know, my my executives, for instance, all kind of have the same problems, but they're all completely different people and completely different businesses with completely different teams. And so it's so much more dynamic every single time. Plus there's a person behind that, you know, not just a, a problem to solve. And so I get a ton of connection from this and it's, it's not so much about the significance at all anymore. It's about the genuine contribution. And I think when you, you rise up from significance to connection to ultimately contribution and you you hang out in serving people that changes your life faster than just about anything.
0: Exactly. It seems a little counterintuitive or backwards, but the more you serve other people, the more you're going to get back in return. I interview a lot of people like yourself, a lot of very successful people. And you know, Tony Robbins always says success leaves clues. And one of the crazy themes that I've been learning through this beginning journey of me being a podcast host, is the people that are very successful that are doing that. I'm not even saying monetarily very successful. A lot of them are very monetarily successful, but there are, they're living rich lives. They're, they've got great relationships, great family they're just doing a lot of great things in their lives. And you can tell that they're just full of life and, and just living every day fully. The thing, one of the common themes that I've seen and noticed one of those success clues is Tony calls it, what, what does he call it? It's the law of attraction. And what that essentially means for those that have watched the movie, The Secret and a hey, disclaimer, I never saw that movie. I just know what it is from from talking to people whatever you give out you get back mm-hmm. and we're talking your thoughts your words and your deeds or actions mm-hmm. so if you're thinking positive thoughts you're going to get positivity in return because you're br- putting out that positive energy you're saying positive things your words the spelling the spells that you're casting positivity and then your actions. And we learned at Undisputed Mastery first starts with your thoughts. Your thoughts turn into words, and then those words eventually turn into action. So if you start with your thoughts and make sure you're putting in some sort of daily discipline, whether it's affirmations, incantations, journaling, gratefulness practice, any of those simple little tools, now you're starting to control your thoughts. We do have, you know, thoughts are crazy because they can be both deliberate. I'm thinking of a pink elephant, or they could be uh, not deliberate, indeliberate.
1: Sometimes my, my words, <laughs> sometimes I, 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 I amaze
0: myself with my vocabulary at times, undeliberate. They, they can just happen. And so the crazy thing about your thoughts is they can be controlled, but also they kind of free flow at times too. But once you start noticing things and you're being more deliberate. Now you're taking those deliberate words from your conscious and putting them down into your subconscious. That is going to change your words. That's going to change what you say. And ultimately that's going to change your actions. And I understood that, but until I really started talking to people over and over and over again, it just kept hitting me in the head. I'm one of those guys that has to freaking bash my head against the wall about a half a dozen to a dozen times before I, something actually sinks in. And, uh, that's, that's one of those things that just keeps coming back. One of those things, just like coaching too. If anybody that's listening, you know, I talk about this all the time, hire somebody, hire Chris, first of all, cause he's amazing or somebody <laughs> like him because everybody needs a coach at any point of their lives. And being the host, I did not introduce anything about you, social media wise, anything about your business website wise. Once again, this was completely off the cuff interview. <laughs> I got sandbagged here. I, it was my own, my own doing. So for those of you who are listening, my guest, the amazing Chris Thor Goodman, check, his, check him out on Instagram. Instagram, man, I, I keep saying that live. I'm just gonna keep calling it Instagram forever. It's the Halloween version of Instagram, apparently. I I think Um, uh,
1: everybody knows it is Instagram. So that's what they're going to go
0: for. I'm going to do what the kids do. IG or or the gram. Check out the gram. (laughs) Check out Chris at the gram at Goodman Coaching. That's G-O-O-D-M-A-N Coaching. And then check out his podcast because his podcast is absolutely phenomenal. It's called Relentless Growth Podcast. And then Chris, is there any other places, websites, things that you want the listeners to go to, to check out uh, mm-hmm. more of your services and what you do?
1: Well, first of all, I really appreciate it. We got, yeah, we got off to a start and I didn't even say thank you for the opportunity to, to work with your audience today. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to just sort of stalk me, (laughs) Instagram is the place to go and like kind of check out what I'm up to. That's where, if I'm going to be on social media, that's where I am. I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook these days or anything like that. Um, but I will say like, if you want to actually set up a conversation with me, there's a link in my bio on Instagram. So of course you can hit that, but you can go to my website, which is goodmancoachinginc.com, I-N-C, goodmancoachinginc.com. And right there at the very top, there's a work with me button have a mastermind. I have one-on-one coaching. I have an entry-level style of coaching for people who are, you know, maybe they're curious about life coaching or business coaching and they've never actually stuck their foot in the water of it and they want to test it out. So we have an option for them as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm very quick to connect with somebody. And if I'm not the right guy for you or my team isn't the right fit for what you're going for, you know, podcasts like this introduce me to some of the best coaches on the planet and people who have really unique niches or backgrounds that I can connect you to. So don't let anything stop you from reaching out to us because we'll happily chauffeur you to the appropriate coach based on your goals. And uh, and again, thank you, Ace, for the opportunity because I know um, you top one, two percent, you know, your podcast is obviously a hit and people are gobbling it up. So it just shows you how much of a need there is for this type of work in the world and that people are truly interested and becoming better, becoming more passionate and really living their life and building a thriving business versus just reacting to things and you know coasting through life.
0: I couldn't agree more. I don't think I've ever said this on the show before, but one of the superheroes in my life is Mr. Rogers. I just loved his show growing up. And even as an adult, I just had the utmost respect. I couldn't believe that there was a person on this planet who was just so genuinely nice and loving and just gave himself every day and just insanely talented on top of that. And one of my goals is to become Mr. Rogers of the 2020s. That's something I've set for myself. Obviously, I don't work with kids. I don't have kids. Kids aren't, aren't my, my niche. At least right now, I want to have kids in a family one day, but I want to be Mr. Rogers, but just an updated version of him and to aspire like before this transformation, there were people that I looked up to and admired, but they tended to be like athletes and just because of their accolades on the field. But once I started to figure out what my true mission was, then I started looking at guys like Mr. Rogers. And I was like, man, if I could set my bar where he had his set and just even get even close to where he was in his life, that's a huge win. Mm -hmm. There's a guy that I had a coach on this show, Antonio Bravada, great business coach. And he told me, he's like, you know, shoot for the stars because even if you fall short, because that's just life sometimes, even if you fall short of the stars, you're gonna hit the moon. So if your goal is the moon, Shoot for the stars, because even if you don't hit the stars, you're still going to hit your goal. And so Mr. Rogers is my star for sure, because he's no moon. The guy was a star, yeah. a superhero. Yeah. And
1: I mean, I think you're already doing it. Don't don't cut your, yourself short. You know, it takes a lot of work to build something like a podcast where people can come on and bear their heart and talk about their mission. And you never know how many people you're going to inspire because these live on in perpetuity, just like we we could pull up old shows of Mr. Rogers and still, That's you know, true. 50 years later, you go, wow, that was really impactful. It's still solid gold after all this time. So yeah, don't don't discount that any at, at any given point in any given day, one thing that you say or a guest says on the podcast could change somebody's life. That's pretty damn close to Mr. Rogers.
0: Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. And the whole reason I started this podcast was I listened to a Tony Robbins podcast where he interviewed, I think, three or four entrepreneurs who are just doing incredible things with their businesses. These are businesses that are changing the world on a massive scale. And once I listened to that podcast, I I wasn't even a podcast guy. I think that was one of four podcast episodes I've ever listened to in my life. Hmm. The other two probably two or three being probably a Joe Rogan thing that I heard on YouTube or something, but I was so excited and inspired. And I was like, I want to be a beacon beacon of light for people. Like there is so much negativity. You turn on the news, you turn on social media and it's violence. It's sex. It's people tearing each other down, you know, in journalism, if it bleeds, it leads. And I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I want to send a positive message that empowers people, that inspires them. Money doesn't matter. Like obviously being a business owner, money is important to the lifeblood of the business. However, that is not the focus. The focus is how can I change people's lives and do it effectively and do it. Shit, I want to do it as fast as possible because we ain't got much time on this earth. Like we think we do, but where they say days are long, years are short, decades Mm -hmm. are even shorter. Mm So. That's why I also get up so freaking early because I want to make the maximum amount of impact on people's lives. I can every day and having a podcast like this does it talking to people like you does it having a coach like yourself definitely does it. And that is why I'm so on. I didn't even know you were a coach or a podcaster at Undisputed Mastery. I, that, that wasn't important to me. What right. was important we, we, had, to me.
1: we had bigger fish to fry there. That's right. <laughs> you know?
0: Well, what, what was important to me was understanding what you were going through in whatever facet of life it was that brought you there mm-hmm. and figuring out the ways to get you to have a breakthrough. I We didn't even know we each did podcasts until like maybe the last day or something. And it's like, oh, by the way, you know, I'm doing this. And you're like, no way. I'm doing this too. And it's just <laughs> like, and then I started to get to know what you actually did and how awesome you are at at everything and how skilled you are. I was like, Oh shit. If I would have known this at the beginning, I would, I, you know, but that wasn't the mission of the weekend. Right. But now that I know what I know, I was like, Holy shit how the hell am I coaching this guy?
1: Uh, like, he should be no, coaching me. No, look, I mean, <laughs> don't, don't let anybody fool you. We're all students and we're, we're all on the path. And, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time and and there's still, you know, yesterday was one of the hard, yesterday was the hardest day of my challenge if not this morning, because you know, the, the first week was pure adrenaline and like I'm, I'm taking this on and, and yeah. I'm not going to lose it, a single step. And the second week was like, okay, this is starting to get a little hard, but I'm I'm still committed. And the third week was like, okay, this is a lot. And I still have to balance all this out. And now, now, now my body's getting tired and everything. And and now physically not sleeping a lot. It's like, okay, whoo, it's really catching up to me. Right? So everybody's going through their own thing and everybody's on their own journey. So especially if they're personal growth oriented, because they're never going to let it be easy. They're never going to let it be comfortable. and, And they know that's not where their growth is. So I, I, I appreciate the kind words for sure, but man, I'm, I'm in it too, right? I'm, I'm in it just as much as anybody else.
0: Yeah, and even when you talk to the most successful coaches, you know, people that are worth, I don't even know how many figures, hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. they still have coaches. Yeah. <gasps> they don't know everything. You know, that, that axiom life is, life is lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. John Maxwell was like, And I'm paraphrasing. That's bullshit because he doesn't swear. Uh, I love John Maxwell, by the way. Great leadership coach, great leadership guy. His books are amazing. Um, One of my first mentors, uh, not personally, but through his books and, Mm -hmm. and everything. It is not lonely at the top, it is the absolute opposite. And life just gets better as you grow, as you contribute, as you connect with people. Life gets better. And I don't even know. My life is phenomenal right now. And that's not because everything's going right. That's not because I have a million dollars in the bank because I, not everything is going right. I don't have a million dollars in the bank, but I am so happy. And this contentment with life and where I'm at, like, it's not where I ultimately want to be. I want a family. I want kids. I don't have anything, any of that right now, but I am just so happy. And it's crazy. Cause I, I, can't even imagine being happier than I am. And it's going to happen. That's a crazy part of life. Yeah. It could go the opposite way. If you have vices, if you're playing a victim, if you have a scarcity mindset, if you're not working on yourself, if you're listening and getting pulled by everything around you, mm-hmm. it could be the opposite too. And that's, that's, that's what really scares me and breaks my heart when I see people that are spiral, spiraling. And that's why, that's another reason why I just want to help all the time.
1: And that's the fun part of it is you could, you could ask somebody one question and knock them out of that, that pattern that they've been in for weeks, months, years, decades. You know, I know one of the guys in our, our team was in a a pattern for, for probably 20 years that, that everybody together knocked him out of in about five minutes. I mean, God, how much more rewarding can work be? you know um so yeah i think i think this is this is the the perfect time to say like it's not simple or easy and it's worth it <laughs> you know and it's because, worth it it's hard yeah, yeah it's it's hard yeah. and it's worth it because that's where our our growth you know that's part of why i called my my podcast relentless growth because the work doesn't stop never right? because it, it doesn't stop for you and it doesn't stop because you might help change somebody's life and there's somebody right behind them that needs it right now too
0: yep can't stop, won't stop, don't stop.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: That's probably a song. If not, I'm going to write it. Number one hit <laughs> coming up. Next
1: up, number one hit from Ace Haggerty. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. The the Ace of Spades. I don't know. Uh, okay, I'm not going to come up with band names on on the air. It's going to come out horrible. For those of you listening, for our listeners, Chris, Thor, what what's a takeaway that... You want the audience to come away with from this episode because we've just been shooting the shit about a lot of different things, but you coach a lot of people and you create breakthroughs on a daily. So I'm I'm building you up here. This Thank is you. called a build Thank up. You. Yeah, for those pour it on. I love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's something that somebody listening to this podcast today can walk away with and implement immediately? We talked about you know, breaking, breaking your state. Is there something specific about, because you, you talked about having other people break someone's state. Is someone able to break their own state?
1: Absolutely. I think uh, the, the best way I've ever heard this described was Dr. Joe Dispenza said, when you're in the jar, you cannot read the label, right? And when you're in your story, you're in your pattern, you're in your victimhood, you're in a really low season or you might even be in really like honest depression, something like that. When you're in it, it is so hard to see from the outside how great it could be if you made a few small changes, including most importantly, in my mind, how you think. And you need something. It could be a podcast. It could be one person being kind to you. It could be a coach in your corner, really helping you one step at a time. It could be all of the above. And I I would highly recommend all of the above building a community of that that sort. Um, but you need somebody to help you be able to read the label and see it for what it is, which is you're caught up in some fear. You're caught up in adding things to facts. So, so for instance, this happens all the time. you know, I get a business owner who has you know ten percent profitability, they want forty percent profitability, they have a certain number in the bank and they make all those numbers mean that they're a bad business owner, they're failing, their family doesn't, you know, appreciate how hard they work, and it's they're going nowhere real fast and nothing's going right. The, the numbers, the facts, the, the bank account, the profitability, those are all neutral things. The story they're telling themselves though, the jar that they're spinning around in, man, they're in it, right? And they right. need somebody or something to break that pattern, to break that story wide open and show them there's more possible here. There's more on the table for you, not just some positive talk BS kind of way, but that there are options. And when you have options, you have power. And that's what people tend to forget is just how powerful they are, despite the story they're living in.
0: Man, I thought I was going to throw you a curveball by building you up saying you can say whatever you want. And then I threw one at you and you freaking hit it out of the ballpark, man. Thank you. And that's Thank you. that. Shoot, I'm, I'm trying to think of more difficult questions to ask you, but. I'm sure you're going to freaking yeah. hit those out of the ballpark as well. well That's That was incredible. I, you know, thank you.
1: Thank you. I, it, it's something I, I, you know, my mentor was over yesterday. He is so successful in real estate and investing and um, he's playing in commercial real estate at a really high level right now. And we were talking about maybe joining forces on a couple of things. And, and I have this tension because I'm like, I do want to branch out and, and play in other areas. And I, I kind of, I tend to do that through my own clients. I'll take like equity in their company or something like that. And and so I get my hands dirty in lots of different industries. And I always come back to coaching because there's just like, I am just on fire about it all the time. My wife and I are both coaches. So it's, it's coaching constantly in our world and we love it and we feed off of it. So, you know, I'm grateful for the, the questions and, and I'll happily welcome any others, but Man, it's, it's a blast. And when you see people, you know, like clients that I've coached like five or six years ago are still out there implementing the things that we talked about five, six years ago, you know, and they're still getting returns from it. It's like, this is the most rewarding thing I can do.
0: That's incredible. And I appreciate you saying that the takeaway that I have from our short time here together, the word that keeps popping up in my head about your life and your story is evolution. You had mentioned earlier that you're constantly evolving. When you get restless of something, you did it like with real estate, with with uh, being in the law industry. You evolved, and a takeaway that I want to share is we are constantly evolving. We are a species of evolution, and. Just because wherever somebody is in their life, they feel like you felt a need to change, a need to try something new. And it, that can be very scary. A lot of people will hold on to what they know, you, the certain, the need for certainty. And that's that's one of my biggest flaws is holding on to that certainty, not leaving engineering. That was a very scary thing for me to do. And... I love your story. It is a story of evolution. So being a guy that's constantly evolving into a better version of yourself, getting to know yourself more and more, what's the future look like for you?
1: Ooh, good question. Uh, the future is bright, my friend. I mean, we, we have big designs. My, my wife's company is doing really well right now. And she's just in the past couple of days, and I think last 21 days, brought on 130 new women to help in her business. Um, and so we have plans of kind of joining forces with retreats, um, some exotic location type things where we want to take some people with us and do some deep dive coaching because it's fun an hour at a time or like, you know, podcasts podcast like this, an hour at a piece. But man, it's, it's also a lot of fun when you don't have to stop and you can go three, four hours. And, you know, also we take a lot out of that as, as coaches. We learn a lot from everybody. So we want to do some things like that. Uh, real estate investing, you know, it's, it's like I said, you know, we have our hands in a couple of places and we want to build some long-term investments there in multifamily. Um, being parents, man, it's a, it's a whole new ball game. There's just so many different things to consider that we haven't. For instance, we went to um, Iceland. A, a client of mine did really well last year and he wanted to go to Iceland and, and thank the leadership team and thank us for the, the work we did with them. <laughs> and we had to get a, a will drawn up real quick cuz it was like oh yeah we can't just bolt off to wherever in the in the world we have a daughter to think about and if something happens to us we we went snorkeling in 37 degree water and it was like hey you know things could go bad <laughs> so so w- when i think about the future it's like there's so much uncertainty and there's so much possibility at the same time it's it's kind of electrifying um but yeah i think i think the 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 same the constants will be Coaching will be there, working to figure out ways to help more people through the podcast, through different coaching containers and formats that we can offer. Um, I'm doing a, a live event in Louisville, Kentucky in September this year. Dr. Wagner, Tuhan, Harley Elmore are coming in town. Um, so it's, you know, my vision of the future is dynamic because it's it's connection, it's service, it's pushing myself. and And I can only think that good possibilities are going to come out of that.
0: That's right. You're living your mission. It's not so much the how, it's it's the why. And, yeah, and it, re- I mean, if
1: you asked me a few years ago to predict where we are today, sorry, Ace, if you can hear that tornado alarm, they're testing. Uh, oh, it's right. all it's That's all good. That's all good. I've got you're.
0: background noise. I live right next to three hospitals and a fire department. So my okay. studio isn't soundproof. It <laughs> actually you. is my okay. bedroom.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all good. I just... I, you know, it sounds like there's an ambulance outside. Um, so, what were we talking about? I got distracted. My bad.
0: Just summarizing your mission and how a few years ago you didn't. I'm right. putting words in your mouth, but probably yeah. didn't realize you would be doing what you're doing today.
1: No, and and you know, as long as I, I told that story earlier, I, I skipped the fact that I went through an abrupt and awful divorce that you know I didn't plan on, and th- there's a there's a lot of ugliness in that that cool story. Um, that I never would have, you know, especially when I was in the legal field, I never would have said, yeah, I'm going to be a real estate agent or yeah, I'm going to quit. I quit real estate at the peak of my career. Like who would have seen that coming? Right. And to, to go to life coaching from that, come on, that doesn't make any sense. Um, in hindsight, it makes perfect sense, but that's, that's one piece that I would leave as an encouragement for anyone listening is open the doors a little wider to possibility and don't have this stranglehold. Like you mentioned, you were kind of like strangling, uh, what was it? Structural engineering. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and not necessarily being open to, well, maybe I'm being called in another direction. Like, like Dr. Keith said this really perfectly when, uh, we started coaching together. He says, Chris, it seemed like you were called out of your calling, <laughs> you know, cause I was, oh, I was doing awesome. really well. And oh. I knew for sure in my heart that I was meant to be a coach. That's incredible.
0: Called out of your calling. And I can completely relate to your story. I didn't think I would become a podcast host. I didn't even listen to podcasts. I didn't I knew what they were, but I really didn't know what they were. And I originally did this to promote my book, Superhero by Design, by Matthew A. Sagerty. Um, no, I, I did it to promote my book and, which I love because I I found a, a love for writing. I always loved writing and I finally in the 100 Day Challenge, I wrote my first book and it was so fulfilling. Lots of hard work, yeah. but I was passionate about it. I was willing to sacrifice and suffer for the love of writing and sharing my knowledge, my stories, my experiences with other people to connect with other people ultimately. And then Joshua Gillow was like, he's a great podcaster himself. He was like, You should start a podcast to build an audience. I was like, Podcast? What? Like, I, I can't talk to. People, I'm an engineer, you know, all these stories, (laughs) stories, 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 right? And I had to break, I had to break those down. And, you know, it's, it's been great, but I've had to study a lot. You have been a great mentor to me, especially recently. I've got, for those of you watching on YouTube, I've got my smart brevity book right next to me. There's other books that you had recommended that have helped so much. And- I just appreciate everything you've done for me. I just hope that I've been able to help and inspire you as well, because I respect the hell out of you. I love what you do. You're phenomenal at it. And I'm just so excited to be on this journey with you to see your continual evolution. And now you have a freaking family like that is so awesome. I am just so proud and so happy and so honored to be sharing the stage with you right now. And I'm sure definitely in the future as well.
1: Absolutely brother. And thank you. And, and we didn't even tell everybody how hard you hit me with uh, when we were boxing together.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I we'll get say, into it, man. I get intense. We'll,
1: yeah. the we'll boxing. Say that for another time, because you know, there, there's a Mr. Rogers left hook in you that, uh, <laughs> that people need to see. <laughs>
0: that's right. I am a Southpaw. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise a few people that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm just a, a lefty living in a right-handed world, so <laughs> amen.
1: Really, <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. We got that in common too, man. Ah, just so much good stuff. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. It has been amazing for the listeners. This is Chris Goodman. Check him out on Instagram at Goodman Coaching. Definitely check out his podcast, Relentless Growth podcast also go to his website check out his mastermind schedule a discovery call he will change your life and it will happen quick so brother thank you again for coming
1: on do you want to leave the audience with one more thing before i sign off oh thanks brother i appreciate it yeah one one last thing probably the most important thing buy ace's book the amount of work that he put into this and the amount of gems that are on every single page. It looks like a mad scientist went through mine and just scribbled notes, every margin, every two inches in the margins. Um, yeah, seriously. So wherever you are on your journey, just, just know that you're you're being called in certain directions for a reason and obey those, those callings because that's really where your path is hiding in plain sight.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. Keep evolving keep finding that better version of yourself. Follow what's inside of you. Follow your spirit because it will guide you to the right place every time. So Chris, Thor, thank you for coming on. Absolute pleasure. For those of you listening, thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening. I am just so overwhelmed with gratitude for being able to just have a part of your day to connect. And so connect to me anytime, anytime. Thanks,
1: brother. I appreciate you so much too.
0: Awesome. Well, everybody have a great day. With that said, case out.